We're going to look at Psalm 17. Psalm 17 tonight. And uh, <clears throat> that certainly could have been his uh, a theme, even as we look at this psalm tonight. You can sort of see that theme through this psalm. Psalm 17. And we'll read the whole psalm. Psalm 17. Begins. <clears throat> psalm 17, 1. Hear the right, O Lord, attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of faint lips. Let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shalt find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. Hold up my goings in thy paths that my footsteps slip not. I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me, O God. Incline thine ear unto me, and hear my speech. Show thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. Keep me as the apple of the eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. From the wicked that oppress me, from my deadly enemies who compass me about, they are enclosed in their own fat. With their mouth they speak proudly. <laughs> they have now compassed us in our steps. They have set their eyes bowing down to the earth. Like as a lion that is greedy of his prey, as it were a young lion lurking in secret places. <laughs> Arise, O Lord, disappoint him. Cast him down. Deliver my soul from the wicked, which is thy sword. From men which are thy hand, O Lord, from men of the world which have their portion in this life, and whose belly thou fillest with thy hid treasure, they are full of children, and leave the rest of their substance to their babes. Verse 15, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I wake with thy likeness. Let's pray again. Father, again, we just uh, glory in you and boast in you. And Lord, I'm glad, <coughs> dear Lord, that uh, we can look to thee. Lord, I pray that right now we're looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. They say, right now I abide in Jesus. Right now Jesus abides in me. It is well with my soul. Lord, again, we pray for the many needs. We pray for, uh, again, the physical. Uh, Lord, those with sickness and uh, other needs. God, please watch over them. Lord, uh, we thank you for... Uh, Sister Karen was able to give a good report about her procedure today. Sister Pitt was able to give a good uh, report about uh, the test that she had. And, Lord, we want to thank you for that. Lord, again, uh, we uh, thank you uh, for uh, what we heard tonight concerning Mary and Ryan. And, again, Lord, we just continue to uh, keep them in prayer and bathe them in prayer. And, Lord, that you would work out the details. And, Lord, that this would be something that would bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you, God, for uh, answering uh, those prayers and that you'll continue to answer. Lord, we pray for others that have great prayers tonight, Lord. Uh, those that are looking maybe for a better job or needing a job or, again, just uh, many needs among us, Lord. Thank you for Sister uh, Sarah coming home and hearing that prayer. Lord, we continue to pray for Sister Myers' uh, brother and the need of salvation there. And we think of... Mike and Brother Wood's brother and other uh, loved ones that we all have. Now again, Lord, encourage us through thy word, to thy glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Of course, as we look at this psalm, another psalm that was written while David was uh, fleeing with Saul or dealing with Saul, and uh, we see in, Dave, in this psalm, right, David's desire in the psalm, all right, we see the desires that he has here, and they're examples of us about desires uh, that we should have towards God. 
Again, notice what he says in verse 8. Keep me as the apple of the eye. And we've seen that term before. Uh, keep me as the apple of the eye. That, that What he's saying there, he said, well, the one that's the apple of your eye, you know, your child or grandchild or whatever the case is, that's the one that, you know, some, somebody that's precious to you. And he's saying, Lord, let me stay precious to you. Amen. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good thought. Hey, uh, I want the Lord. You know, uh, uh, this morning when I got up, I was uh, reading First uh, uh, Peter, and it, that's where it says what? Whom, uh, having never seen you love and talking about him being precious and things. And, you know, I want the Lord to be precious to me, but I also want to be, uh, stay uh, <laughs> precious to him. And, boy, this psalm shows us uh, some good ways that we can stay uh, uh, precious. You know, Israel, of course, as a nation, was the apple of God's eye. Deuteronomy 32.10 says this, He found him in a desert place, talking about uh, Israel, I like it where, you know, he, he talks about how he chose Israel. He says, you know, it's not, he basically says to him, you know, it's not like there was anything special about you. You know what I mean? So, you know, don't get the big head. It's not like there was anything special. I just, you know, in my grace, you know, you were little. And I just said, okay, hey, that's the one I'm, I'm going to choose. And so, boy, if the Lord ever used us, remember, it has nothing to do with us. It's just, hey, man, in his grace, he made that decision. But it says again, Deuteronomy 32.10, it says, he found him in a desert land. And in the waste howling wilderness, he led him about, he instructed him, and then it's this, he kept him as the apple of his eye. And he makes this statement in Zechariah 2.8, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. For he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. Boy, they, they, they realized that Israel was precious uh, uh, to God. And uh, he, listen, we are precious to him as well. And that's a wonderful, a wonderful thought. But the first thing he starts off here, he says, Lord, listen to me. The first word there is hear, hear. But notice what he says. He says, hear the right. You know, of course, we know David was a man of prayer. And uh, we want to be people of prayer. You know, you, if you read a lot of books, yeah, I think it's good to always be reading a book on prayer. I've read a, a lot of uh, books on uh, prayer. And really, uh, reading on prayer is part of uh, my uh, uh, morning routine, you know. Of course, I, I have the Bible every morning, but I also read a page or at least a couple paragraphs about prayer to prepare my heart and mind on prayer because I like to get, uh, when I uh, uh, read uh, things on prayer, uh, I, almost every morning, well, I guess every morning, I read something on prayer before I pray just to get my mind and give me some good thoughts and challenges about prayer before I uh, pray. So if, uh, if uh, you're not reading, if you've never read a book on prayer, be good to find a good one if you need me to recommend one. But it's good to be reading on prayer. But he was a man of prayer. And the first thing he says is uh, uh, here. And of course, uh, he mentioned that se several uh, times in here. But he says, hear the right. And he makes the statement. Notice he says, hear the right. And he says, O Lord, attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer. Look at this. That goeth not out of feigned lips. And I like that because to me, this is a good example of boldness before the throne. You know, a lot of times we often uh, pray or think when we pray 
that we have to have this sort of woe is me attitude, like, you know, we have to be overly uh, humble when we pray. Of course, we want to be humble. We want to have the right spirit. But we, ought, we think sometimes when we pray, we have to have this uh, uh, woe is me uh, uh, spirit or this, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so unworthy as I come before you, God. Hey, we know that, Right. But that doesn't mean every time we have to, you know, that's why he says unfeigned lips, right? Feigned means uh, insincere, right? Not being serious, right? But listen, hey, if we know we're, we're, we're to the best of our ability, we're right with God, we know that we're serious with God. Well, listen, uh, he, and he makes that statement, Lord, hear the right. And so he says here, listen, when we are right with the Lord, and sincere, we can be bold, still respectful, and in the right spirit uh, when we pray. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not being arrogant or whatever. But, you know, because uh, we don't have to always think like we're some terrible, awful sinner every time we come before God. Hey, we're saved. You know, a lot of times we beat ourselves over the head. Sure, we need to realize that, you know, uh, we have to be careful and all those things. But listen, uh, some people, I, you know, there are people that are, uh, you know, right with God. That's why when I pray for people, as I mentioned before, I always pray for the ones that need to be saved, right? They're lost. I pray for those that are saved, but maybe not where they should be, that they would be stirred. And again, those that are, I know there's people living for God. And I say, Lord, just keep them sustained and help them to keep on, uh, keep it on for the Lord. And in your heart, if, you're, if, you're, if your heart is pure and your desire is pure, and you know that to the best of your ability, hey, there's nothing wrong, David. Hey, Lord, uh, hear the right. Look what he says in verse 3. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Hey, Lord, uh, you just didn't uh, knock on my door during the day when I was ready for you. <laughs> you know, when I was all dressed up and had my hair combed, right? Oh, you caught me in my pajamas, right? You came back the night. And you know what? Even then, my heart was still toward you. Even then, my heart was still toward you. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me. Look, and shall find nothing. He's not being arrogant there. I am purposed. Consciously, there's that consciousness again, that my mouth shall not transgress. When we are right with the Lord, right, we can have that here. Again, one of the best platforms from which we are able to pray is a clear conscience. He has a clear conscience. Boy, what a wonderful thing it is when we can have a clear conscience when we go before God. It's great. Hey, I'm glad we can confess when we have to. But how wonderful it is when we come before God and we don't have to. We just like go straight into prayer and know that, hey, uh, uh, Lord, hear the right. Amen. You know my heart. Amen. As far as I know, everything's good. And I just want to come before you, Lord, and say, hear me, and I love you. And you know what, Lord? I want to be the apple in your eye. As the apple of your eye, I want to be stay precious to you. Help me to do that. So he says there, it knows what he says in verse 2. Let my sentence come forth from thy presence, right? He says, Lord, you be the judge. You know what's going on with Saul. Lord, you be the judge. Lord, you decide my case. And uh, you see, whenever false accusations come against me, as uh, David was falsely accused, have you ever been falsely accused? Probably have. I know. Uh, I've had to uh, 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 deal with things in my life, and I know friends of mine that have been uh, uh, falsely accused. But, you know, when David was, he just took it before uh, the Lord. He said, Lord, you let my sentence come forth before you, right? I'm going to let you decide my case. 
The best thing to do is put it in the Lord's hands. And if you did not, uh, uh, and again, verse 3, he says, Lord, again, you've proved my heart. You visited me. You tried me. And Lord, thou shalt find nothing. I've already purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. And Lord, if you didn't find anything, that's good enough for me. I'm not going to worry about what others think. Boy, we let, we let, the thing is, we let people get in our head, right? Uh, let, uh, boy, uh, uh, I just think, uh, I was telling sis, uh, uh, Sister Judy, man, it just seems like today, man, the devil's been trying to get in my head and people trying to get mad. And you said, you know what? Just got to shut all that out, all right? Lord, you didn't find anything. My mouth shall not transgress, all right? Uh, there are a lot of believers uh, whose who feet, you know, I like this. He says, my mouth shall not transgress. That's good. You know, a lot of, a lot of people, they say, well, my, uh, they know their feet won't transgress. Well, I'd never go here and I'd never go there. But where most believers get in trouble is not where their feet go. It's where their mouth goes, <laughs> right? So that's where most believers get in trouble. But the Lord not only notices our works, he notices our words. And he says this in verse 4, concerning the works of men, look at this, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. He said, Lord, I'm going to watch the words of my lips, but I'm going to put my trust in the words of thy lips. By the word of thy lips, I have kept me from. Boy, just like you often hear said, right? Sin will keep you from this book or this book will keep you from sin. God's word. By being a follower of God's word, who knows what we've been uh, uh, kept from because we've chosen to follow God's word. Psalm 119.9 says this, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto to the word of God. Boy, what you've been saved from, not just because you got saved, right? But once you got saved, you made the decision to follow God and live for God. And you've made a decision to follow his word. And boy, you've been uh, uh, delivered. You have no idea what you've been protected from. You have no idea what God's kept you out of. You have no idea where your life might be today. Again, not just because you got saved. Of course, that started it and gave you the opportunity to follow God's word. But because you made that decision, you're going to walk with God. So he cries out, one, Lord, I want to stay precious to you. And Lord, I know for that to happen, I'm going to have to be a person of prayer. And I'm going to have to keep my life right. So Lord, that you'll hear me when I pray. Two, verse five. Hold up my goings in thy paths that my footsteps slip not. Here he says, Lord, hold me. Lord, whatever it takes to keep me on the right path. The world says, God, get your hands off me. Do not tell me what to do. But the believer says, put your hands on me. Hey, hey, I want God's hands on me. I want the Lord to hold me. I want the Lord to keep me in the right path. I want the Lord to keep me on uh, uh, where I should be, right? Just like, you know, with your, your, your children, you're constantly straighten, uh, straightening them out. We need God to do that. Lord, hold me back from going in the wrong direction. Hold me back from making the wrong decisions. Lord, don't let go of me. That word hold means to grasp, to hold on firmly. We live in a world. This world's out of hand. We use that statement. This world is out of hand, right? Uh, look over in Romans chapter 1. This is the world we're living in. In uh, verses 18 to 23, uh, show they are out of hand. 
Romans 1, beginning verse 18, says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. Why? Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God is shown to them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they were without excuse. Well, what happened? Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became some fools. I love that, professing themselves. Well, what's the problem? We got all these professors in colleges to think they're so wise and they're following this woke way and all that other stuff. And what are they doing? They're fools. They're fools. And they change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto man and birds and four-footed beasts and creepy things. And so what did God do? They said, hey, God, we don't want to follow you. We don't want to acknowledge you. We don't want your hands on us. You know what? God took his hand off. Verse 24 says what? Who Wherefore, God also gave them up. Verse 26, for this cause God gave them up. Verse 28, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Right? You don't want to be under my control? Then I'll take my hand off. And you know what? That's the worst thing you can do. Listen, I don't want to be out of hand. I want to be in hand. I want God's hand upon my life. One, I want his touch upon my life. But two, I realize, amen, I need him to, to, to hold me in place and keep me on the right path. Lord, hold my hand and keep me where I should be. Lord, if I'm going if if to uh, be the apple of your eye, if I'm going to stay uh, uh, where I should be, Lord, I need to have a, a, a right life so that you hear my prayer. Lord, I need to stay on the right path. And for that, amen, I need your guiding hand every step of the way. And then third, Lord, overshadow me. Again, verse 8, Lord, keep me as the apple of thy eye. And then he says what? Hide me. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. Lord, hear me. Lord, I need you to hear my prayer. Lord, I need you to hold me. Lord, don't leave me alone. Hold me. Amen. Control my life. And then, Lord, hide me under the shadow of thy wings. I love that statement, under the shadow of thy wings. I love it in Ruth where it says this, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Psalm 36, 7. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of man put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Psalm 91, 4. He shall cover thee with his feathers. Boy, what a, what a beautiful thought there. I mean, isn't that what the, the, the Lord said to them in, uh, was it Matthew 23? He said, man, if you would have given me a chance, he said, man, like a, like, like a, was it like a chicken over her brood? Amen. I would have put you under my wings and I would have protected you. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Psalm 57, 1. Be merciful unto me, O God. Be merciful unto me. For my soul trusteth thee, yea, in the shadow of thy wings. I will make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. Often a reference uh, uh, to the wings of the Lord had to do with the mercy seat, 
right? Because, you know, the, the, the wings of the cherubims were over the, uh, the mercy seat. Psalm 61, 4 says this, I will abide in thy tabernacle. I will trust in the covert, the covering, right, of thy wings, right? They, they, they trusted in the wings. of That word covert means the hiding place, the secret place. Under his wings, right, is not only a place to rest from the trials of life, not only is it a place, a refuge from the enemies of life. Boy, he says, come with me, amen. I've got a place. The Bible says another place, there's a secret place, right? His wings, again, not only is a rest from the trials of life, not only a refuge from the enemies of life, but also a place to rejoice in the blessings of life. Psalm 63, 7 says this, Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. So he says in, in, in verse 8, Lord, hide me under the shadow of thy wings. What a beautiful thought that is. But he, the New Testament takes it even a step further. Colossians chapter 3 Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 say this. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ. Boy, it's, it, it, what, what a blessing it is we see in the Old Testament to be hid under the shadow of his wings. But boy, what, what, what a, even a, 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 a great, wonderful thing to be hid in Christ himself and God. Your life is hid with Christ and God. Lord, hide me. Lord, hide me. Not only so others do not see me, but so they see you. That should be our desire. That's why I want to be hid. Amen? Because I don't want people to see me. I want people to see Jesus. That was John the Baptist's attitude. Lord, thou must increase and I must decrease. Hey, he had that, for, for that moment, he had to be in the spotlight, so to speak, and he was willing to be it. Hey, will the Lord put you out front? Uh, be bold like John. When he gives you opportunity to speak, speak. When he gives you opportunity to serve, serve. But, oh, listen, uh, realize you're not that light. You're there just to bear witness to the light. Amen? Make sure that it's for the purpose that he should be seen. Let's uh, uh, notice how, how this uh, psalm ends. So he starts off, Lord, he says, hear me. Lord, I want to be the apple of your eye. Lord, I want to be precious to be you. You're precious to me. I want to be precious to you. Lord, help me to stay right so that when I pray, you'll hear me. Lord, hold me. I realize that I am dependent upon you to keep me in the right path. Lord, please hold me in the right path. Lord, uh, uh, hide me. Uh, Lord God, help me to rest in your protection. And he goes on to say uh, uh, this, beginning in verse 13. Arise, O Lord. Of course, let's go ahead and read those other verses where it talks about the enemy. Uh, go ahead and read verse 9. From the wicked thou oppress me. From my deadly enemies, he's saying that's why he wants to be head, that who compass me about. They are enclosed in their own fat with their mouth. They speak proudly. They have compassed us in our steps. They have set their eyes bowing down to the earth like as a lion. Will you ever watch a lion right before it's about to attack? You see how, remember you watch those shows, how low it gets, right? 
how low it gets, it's, you know, or when it's tracking. A hunter, when he goes down, he gets low, right? He's following those tracks. He, 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 he's hunting the prey. Boy, that's what our enemies are doing. They're trying to hunt us down. And as it were, like a young lion lurking in a secret place. But I like what verse 13 says. Arise, O Lord, disappoint him, cast him down. That is our prayer. You know, you know how we should want to end our, end our day? We want to end our day with our enemies being disappointed. Disappoint him. That is what we want at the end of the day. We want to end our day right with God. He hears our prayer. We want to end our right. We want to end our day, right? Being held in the right path. We want to end our day, amen, uh, uh, being where we should, right? Uh, uh, hid in the background with Christ being in the foreground. Every day we want to end our day with the devil being disappointed because we didn't listen to him, with the world being disappointed, right, because we didn't go out there and, and enjoy the things they enjoy. We want to end our day with the flesh being disappointed. Every day we want to end, we want all our enemies to be disappointed. And we want to end our day with our Savior well pleased. That would that, say, Lord, the desire of my day is to go through this day, amen, right with you, knowing that when I pray, you hear me. Lord, knowing that where I'm walking today, I'm there because you're holding me and keeping me in the, uh, the right path. And Lord, my desire is to be hid in you, amen, that others might see you as I go throughout the day. And Lord, I want to finish my day when I put my head on the pillow, amen. I, wanna, I don't want to be disappointed because I said the wrong thing. Lord, my mouth. Lord, I want to be disappointed because I said the wrong thing. I don't want to be disappointed because I did the wrong thing. I don't want to be disappointed because I'm in the wrong place at the end of the day. Lord, I want my enemies to be disappointed. Lord, it's a good day when I end the day, amen, with the devil disappointed, the world disappointed, and the flesh disappointed. But Lord, you are well pleased. That is a good day in the life of a believer. All our enemies disappointed, but our Savior well pleased. Again, our prayers were heard. We were held on the right path. We remained hidden from our enemies, and Christ was seen in our life. That is a good day for the believer. So on this earth, we are satisfied with Christ working on our behalf. But thank God the ultimate, ultimate satisfaction is when we see him face to face. And that's how he ends this psalm. As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I wake with thy likeness. Well, that's got to be one of the great verses of the Bible. I shall be satisfied. Listen, there's no satisfaction for the soul but in God. <laughs> Listen, that's why the world out there, they'll never find. The only satisfaction is to be found in God, in Christ Jesus, and walking in his will. Right. But in God, in his good will toward us, resting in his good will towards us, trusting in his good works in us. And then one day when it all comes together, we will stand before him. And the great thing is we will be like him. That's hard to believe. Amen. One day we will be like him. One day we'll know even as we're known. Right. Listen. We can't, you know, sometimes people come and ask questions, and sometimes we, we talk about uh, theology. Listen, I try to give you the best answer I can, but listen, at the end of the day, listen, I don't, I don't know it all. Nobody does. Listen, even this, even this book doesn't have it all. 
It has everything we need to know to make it through this life. The, even the Bible itself says, man, if, if they would have written everything down, the earth couldn't have contained it. Amen? So he said, well, here, let me just summarize all this, give them what they need, because, hey, we're going to have eternity together. And uh, listen, then they'll know even as they're known. I, get, I just kept, we're going to laugh. We're, we're probably going to spend a lot of time laughing at ourselves. I know I will. Laughing, I'm like, man, whoo. Stuart, you are such a goofball down there, man. I'm glad you're like him now. Now now maybe somebody will like you, right? But one day we'll be like him, and at the end of the day, it'll be 100% satisfaction guaranteed. So I encourage you to go back and read this psalm and find some things. And remember this, we must desire to be blessed and used of God so that we might be a blessing to others. We must learn to commit every matter to God in prayer and to trust the Lord to do what is right. We must allow God to hold us and keep us in the paths he has chosen for our lives. I was talking to somebody the other day. We were discussing something. And I said, listen, the only thing that matters to me, by the grace of God, is the will of God, is the will of God. I want to be in the will of God. I want you to be in the will of God. I want the church, amen, be in the will of God, the paths that he has chosen for our lives. See that we have a refuge in the Lord and that we have safety and protection in him. What a wonderful thought. Lord, Lord, hear me, hold me, hide me, amen. And then one day you're going to see me, amen. What a wonderful day that will be. Let's pray.